morning, everyone. Welcome to church today. So good to see you all. Good to be in God's house, isn't it? Yep. Welcome to those who are joining online as well. Glad that you're with us. Hopefully you can stay all the way through to the end. And uh, we're going to have a a short presentation this morning from Anne and Leslie. They're going to talk about uh, an opportunity to help some people in Ukraine. But that'll be after. But we're going to just come together, gather together around God, around his word today, to worship him, to lift up the name of Jesus in this place. And so I wonder if if you can maybe just stand with me um, as we begin to uh, worship God today, if you're able to stand. Father, we thank you that you're here today. We thank you for your spirit, for your presence that lives within us. And Lord, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would stir us on the inside this morning. And Father, that you would cause praise to rise from within our hearts this morning, that praise that would worship and glorify you today. Lord, we we just want to give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory in our time together today. Lord, we we just pray. We've come in from different experiences this week, Lord. So many things happening in our lives. Um, But Lord, we just pray that you'd help us to settle in this moment and just to focus our our hearts and our, our minds and our whole attention on you today. And Lord, we just pray that as we worship you, that you come and that you live in our praise. Be present in our praise. May your glory just descend on us as we lift up our voices, as we lift instruments to praise you today. And Father, we just look for your presence. Lord, we know that we come here with different uh, needs today. Lord, we just pray that you come and that you would just meet us at our point of need. And so, Lord, we just, we just give this time to you. We give ourselves to you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.
Father, we thank you that no matter what happens in life, you are unfailing. You never fail us. You're unchanging. Your character and your nature never changes. And Father, we know that you're a God abounding in love and full of mercy, compassionate to those who, Father, we're, we're trying sometimes really hard to follow you. And Lord, sometimes we find it challenging. But Father, you're full of compassion. You're full of mercy. You're full of grace. Father, you pick us up time and time again. And, and Lord, we, we just know that there are times when we don't get it right all the time. But Lord, we know that you're there to pick us up and Father, to, to just draw us into yourself. And, and Father, I just pray today that those who are in that place, maybe today, who have felt maybe a bit distant from you this week or over a number of weeks or, or even months, Father, those who uh, feel that their, their hearts have just kind of Lord, Lord, that, that fire has just gone down in their hearts. Lord, there's, there's just not that same zeal and passion for the things of God in their lives. Father, I pray that you come and that you just breathe upon each one. Father, that you just breathe fresh life and fresh fire and fresh wind into every single person. Lord, all those who need a touch from you. Father, we just pray, help us to just hold out our hand to you and to take your hand in faith this morning. Father, maybe for some of us, we need to pray that prayer again, that prayer of confession and say, oh Lord, I've, I've kind of messed up in this area or that area of my life. Um, and maybe it's something that you struggle with and it's been, it's been for a while now you've struggled with these things and I really believe that the Holy Spirit wants you to understand that if you allow him access to your life, it's not about you struggling against it all the time. It's about allowing God to fight inside of you for you, allowing him to do the work. It's not about, uh, it's not by might nor by power as we thought about last week, it's, but it's by his spirit. And the, the, the Bible tells us that in him, we can gain the victory. And so I, I just encourage you to hand whatever it is you're struggling over to, to God today and to allow him to come in and to fight those fights for you today and to, to just allow him to, to give you that victory that you're looking for in your life. And so, Father, I just pray for everyone who's in that place, Father, those who are in need today. Father, we just pray that you'd help us to gain the victory. Lord, help us to stop struggling and striving in our own strength because, Lord, we, we just kind of keep coming back to the same place but Lord I pray for an intervention today that your Holy Spirit would come in and that you just reveal and that you do afresh a new thing in, in the hearts and lives of those who need it today Lord for those who need a touch in their body today for those who need physical healing Father I just pray that you would come and that you bring physical healing into bodies today Lord as we just reach out our hands to receive from you Father we pray that you just pour in what we need in our bodies today. Father, that healing, that freshness, that restoration, whatever it is, and Lord, we just ask that you touch each one of us. Lord, we just pray. We pray, help us to receive the things that you want to give us. And Lord, we just ask that as we continue in this service today, Lord, that you would help us to just listen to what it is that you want to say, that your Holy Spirit wants to whisper into our hearts today. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. All God's people said great to see you, great to worship God today, great to be in his presence. Um, I'm just going to share one or two uh, announcements, if you just give me a little second. So just um, a reminder that we'll be praying on Monday on Zoom at 9.30 in the morning. Um, if you've never been part of that, then I would encourage you to join that. Um, and we talked about in June, we would change the prayer time from the Wednesday um, to the Tuesday. And it's one of those kind of funny weeks next week where the first of June is the Wednesday. Um, so we're going to move it to the Tuesday this week, um, just so that you're aware. Um, prayer time will be changing to 7 p.m. So it'll be Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Okay. Which night is it? What time is it? Yes, I just thought it helps to get it into your heads if we actually say it out loud, doesn't it? Um, so I will send out the Zoom link this week uh, so that you've got all that. Um, 
not this week, but a week on Monday, um, Stuart, Josh, myself, Jonathan Hutchison from Watoto, and possibly one other, will be heading up to the Western Isles, and we'll be doing a cycle from Vattersey, way down the bottom, 185 miles up to uh, the Butt of Lewis. That doesn't sound very good when I say it out loud, does it? <laughs> Um, so we'll be traveling our way up to the top of Lewis, um, and it's about 185 miles in total over three days. We're doing this to raise money for Watoto. Um, I've sent out an email. There's a link where you can give through the church's stewardship uh, area, and all that money will, will go to Watoto. And Jonathan Hutchison is actually going to be hanging on uh, a little bit longer, and he'll be speaking in the church next weekend. So I'm looking forward to Jonathan coming and sharing about the work of Watoto. We really do have a heart for missions in this church. Um, it's part of the DNA of our church's mission. And uh, we're going to do something that's missional but practical. And I'm going to invite Anne and Leslie up to come and share about that in relation to the situation in Ukraine. So if you guys just want to make your way up. Morning, everybody. Um, you may remember a few weeks ago, it might even be a month or six weeks ago, that I had mentioned that we would try and do something practical. Um, we did raise money or donated money, took up an offering for Ukraine. And that is still ongoing. If anybody wants to put money in the red envelope, it would still be put aside for Ukraine. And I'm not saying we won't do that again in the future, because this war is going on a lot longer than we thought it would. But we did want to do something practical. And although there were lots of opportunities when all this started, you know, it just seemed that everything disappeared. However, Leslie and I have been doing a bit of trawling and have found a fantastic um, practical way that we can support Ukraine. And Leslie's going to lead this. So she's going to do most of the talking today. Um, it's close to her heart. And if you get any questions, you will ask Leslie about it. <laughs> okay, you're very welcome, Leslie. So my lovely assistant's going to take over, but I've put lists up the back, but we'll ask Davy to send out an email with that information on it as well. There's, there's only about 30 copies there, but that's really for people who don't have access to technology. But it's just a practical way that we can really help. And uh, I don't want to take um, Leslie's thunder, so I'm going to pass over to her. Interested when Anne said I'm, a, I'm the assistant. That's, that's promotion, I think. <laughs> so, good morning, everyone. Um, so, I just, I'll share a wee bit of background. Um, first of all, um, I was chatting with a colleague of mine uh, a few weeks back, and she was just chatting in general about how she's been volunteering in Glasgow at the Forge. Um, for the, the, the Scottish pre-loved um, baby box for Ukraine appeal. So she was telling me all about it and just asking a few questions. Um, so it sounded really interesting, really practical, and it really was started off just a very small thing with a lady who, she was in touch with a Ukrainian exchange student um, who was meant to go back to Ukraine just before the war broke out, unfortunately, and so was, was left, obviously, in the country. So this lady... So I took her under her wing and they get chatting, they decided, you know, just through chatting, hearing all what's going on over in Ukraine, um, you know, children fleeing from their homes for their mothers. Um, and I think as time goes on, they try not to, uh, you know, undercut it all, but it's just, it's still happening. People are, you know, are fleeing their, their area. Um, and particularly women birthing their children in bomb shelters, which was really difficult. Um, and still going on. So this lady decided to ask a few of her friends who had just had babies, you know, how do you feel about donating your baby box? You know, how do you get the baby box from our Scottish government here? Um, complete with mattress and lots of items for the wee ones. So started off a couple of people donated um, and others were donating items for this and started a Facebook page. And well, you can imagine with that that... Uh, it just escalated at fast pace. And within a short space of time, there's thousands of boxes, donations, and donations from businesses for transport, fuel costs, and trucks have been going out um, twice a month usually now, uh, out to Ukraine with the stuff. So um, 
that just got me interested. And I thought, what a great way if we could, in a position to donate whatever we can. You know, it's a lot of the items, and you will, we have the hard copies, but you will, Stevie will email out the church with that, and you'll see it at the end. Um, you know, if we could maybe just bring in things, if you can, to, to donate. And it can be small things, but it all adds up, and, and it's just such a great thing to be able to do. Um, so we've put a date on it, the 26th of June, four weeks today, I think that will be. I'm going to bring a box in next week, and if you can just pop in what you can, that'd be so appreciated. And after the 26th of June, we will take the items into the forge and, and deliver it there to their, their warehouse, and off it will go, off it will go out to Ukraine. Um, so they're amazed at the number of volunteers they've had, um, you know, over this space of time. And you see it on social media, and you will get the links to that as well through Twitter, Facebook. To see what's going on and the, the kindness of people has just been amazing. And knowing that it's going out just straight to Ukraine um, has been something amazing. So we thought we could maybe just get involved with that and, and donate what we can. So if you're in a position just to pop things in this box, do it, great. Um, so we'll have a wee look. We've got some slides just from, it's from Ukraine, it's from the Facebook page. It's seeing the, the mums and a few others in Ukraine receiving their boxes. Um, and, and then we'll have a prayer after that. Um, so any questions, uh, ask, ask away. <laughs> ask the boss. Uh, <laughs> no, just ask. Um, and we'll hopefully be able to help answer them. And if not, find out the answer for you. Um, there's quite a selection of things, so it's just, it's just, you know, it's, it's just difficult to know. But we were singing the song there about God's ways been higher than our ways, and that helps just think, well, it's so difficult what we're hearing and seeing, but we've just got to trust that God's ways are higher, and we know that. So we'll watch a few ones if you can pop them on, please, um, and then we'll have a prayer. let's pray yeah, Father we thank you we thank you for the courage of the people in Ukraine um, we know there's distress also Father God but we pray for each and every one and we pray for all the, the people supporting the people over there the humanitarian response from lots of different places we thank you God that you comfort the broken-hearted, Lord, and you are the light that shines in the darkness. We pray for peace and strength, and we pray for the young children and the babies, Lord, that their future will be secure in a peaceful nation. And we pray, Lord, that people will be drawn to you and see you and see your light through others. this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Leslie. Thank you, Anne. Oh, sorry. Okay, I'm not going to go through it. You will get a copy of that. And um, just to let you know the things that are on there, um, we've got contacts or the, the 
person who's out at ABBA's got contact in Ukraine. So these are the things, we're getting updates of what they need actually right now. So it's just, that'll come out to you from Stevie and there's a wee <coughs> list at the back. Okay. There you go. Are we okay? Good, just checking. Um, I wonder if you could turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 22. We're going to read verses 31 and 32 this morning. And uh, the title of what I want to talk about is Sifting the Church. Okay, Sifting the Church. Who, who likes the idea of being sifted? Mm. Mm. Don't particularly like that idea myself, but we'll come to that in a little second. Luke chapter 22, verse 31, and Jesus is speaking to his disciples, specifically to Peter, who's also known as Simon. The Bible gets a bit confusing with things like this sometimes, with people with multiple names that all mean the same thing. And this is how it begins in the NRSV version anyway. Simon, Simon, listen. Satan has demanded to sift all of you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your own faith may not fail, and you, when once you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. And he said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the cock will not crow this day until you have denied three times that you know me. What an incredible passage of Scripture, eh? The interaction between Jesus and Simon. If you know about Peter, I'll just call him Peter, okay? If you know about Peter, he was the one who stood out from the crowd. He stepped out of the boat. He walked on water. He did all these things. He was probably a larger-than-life type of character, always out leading the pack. And here he is. And he said, Lord, I'm going to be with you till the end. And Jesus knew what lay ahead of him. He knew what lay ahead. And he had said, Satan has demanded to sift you. And we'll come to that in a little moment. And this, this message today really began a, a number of weeks ago, and it just began with this image of sifting soil. I don't, I don't know if you've ever done that. Has anybody ever sifted soil? The, the gardener's term for it is called riddling, okay? Nothing to do with Batman, okay? So we call it riddling soil. And, uh, well, I was trying to remember a good joke about sifting soil, but I've got memory like a sieve, so I couldn't think... There are various examples of sifting. One that the Bible uses um, is like, you know, when you, when you gather in the wheat and it's all attached to a stalk, you've got to separate the stalk from the, the actual ears of wheat. And, and, and that happens through bashing it away. But then it's put through a, a kind of sifting process where the wind will blow away the chaff. Okay, that's one thing. The other one is when you sift soil or when you riddle soil. Now, I kind of thought there's going to be people in here today who don't know what riddling soil actually is. So I thought I would give you a little demonstration today, okay? And you'll need to bear with me, people online, if you can't hear me, because I can't be in two places at the same time. And I've been too busy to set up the radio mic this week. So here we go. Here's something that I've prepared earlier, okay? Blue Peter. That's my trowel. Oops. This is my riddle, okay? It's like a basin without a bottom, okay? I keep saying that word today. I don't know why. Anyway, so there's a, a basin with holes in it. They're about a centimeter, okay? And I, I'm going to have to do this into a bucket because I don't want to get a row from the cleaner having to hoover up all this muck on the floor. So if you just bear with me a little second, I have in my bag here, in my bucket, uh, some soil, which I didn't prepare. God made it a long time ago. I don't know if you can see that, but this soil is all lumpy-bumpy. It's got weeds in it. It's got stones in it. It reminds me of the parable of the sower. Do you remember that parable that Jesus talked about? A man who went out to sow seed, and he's talking about how people are sowing the Word of God, and, and, and they sow the seed, and it's, there are four different types of soil. Can you remember the four different types of soil? Hard, the hard path, the, the, and then there's the rocky soil, and then there's the weedy soil, and then there's the good fertile soil, Okay. Now, I can guarantee you that this soil 
that I've picked up is weedy. There's weeds in it, right? And if you don't know what riddling is, if you don't know what sifting is, okay, I've put that in there, but nothing's going to happen until I start shaking and moving that about, okay? Here we go. Here's an example. <laughs> kind of noisy, isn't it? Oh, and it's kind of honking as well. <laughs> and, and you see that we're left with... Oops, I'm making a mess anyway. Sorry, Lynn. Uh, I'm, making a, aye, I'm making a mess. We're left with all these big rocky bits that are hard to kind of get rid of. Uh, uh, let me... Give me a wee second. But what we're left with at the bottom is this lovely... I feel like doing a, a, a David Bellamy impression. Anybody remember David Bellamy, those who are old enough? He's lovely soil. <laughs> and, and when you sift the soil, what's left is lovely and soft, and it's just perfect for growing seeds in, okay? Perfect for growing seeds in. So I could take this, and I could put it in a pot, plant some little seeds, and because it's lovely and soft, the seeds will be able to push their way up through into the sunlight, and they'll grow into lovely, lovely flowers. So that, that's what sifting soil is all about. I thought, I need to do the demonstration or some people will just go, what is he talking about? That's the demonstration. I'm going to put this down. Give me a second. And I want us to think a little bit about what it might mean. I'll get rid of that as well. What it might mean for the, the church to be sifted. And I, I really believe, and I was sharing this with a colleague just this week, I believe that the church, the church, not just this church, the church has been going through a sifting process over the last couple of years in particular. I think it's been longer than that. The church has been going through a sifting process where, I don't know about you, but I feel like we've been getting knocked around about, shaking around about, but it's for a purpose. I don't believe that we're finished with the sifting process yet. I think God is doing something in our nation at this time. God is doing something in our world at this time. And I believe that he is sifting the church in order to produce something that he can use. Who knows, if you watch church news these days, that there are lots of things happening in the church where high-profile leaders are getting themselves into trouble. And it's bringing the church into disrepute. I think that's part of the sifting process where God is doing something in his church just now in order for it to be a place where when the seed is planted, it will grow when it's watered by the Holy Spirit. We need to be like that lovely, soft, loamy, rich soil that when the seed is planted in it, it can flourish and grow. And I want us to just walk through this passage that we read and just pull out some things that we might want to observe as we go through it. And it starts off with Jesus saying, Simon, Simon, listen. Listen to what I'm going to tell you. Who knows that sometimes you just need to get somebody's attention, yeah? When you're trying to talk to somebody and their head's down on their phone all the time, if you look around these days, so many times people's heads are stuck on their phone. You're like, will you just look up for your phone for a wee second? Look me in the eye. Listen to what I'm saying, right? If you want to get my attention, make sure you say that to me as well, by the way, Okay. Will you look at me when I'm talking to you? <laughs> we need to pay attention to what Jesus is wanting to say to the church in this day and age. Not be like, huh? What? What? Did, did Jesus say something there? Too busy on my phone. And I think what, Simon, what Jesus was saying to Simon was, you need to listen. Listen, Simon. It's not going to be business as usual. What was about to happen as Jesus was was betrayed and eventually handed over to be crucified, it was not going to be business as usual. And Peter had said, I'll be there with you till the end. What did he do? He deserted Jesus. If you read on in the story, you read that he not only deserted him, all the disciples deserted him. That's why I think Simon, uh, when, when Jesus said that Simon, uh, Satan has desired to sift all of you. And they were taken to a place where their faith would be tested. Let's keep walking through this. Satan has demanded, he has obtained permission. Did you know that the name Satan isn't actually a name? 
like your name and my name. It's a title. And the Old Testament deals with it in the same way as the New Testament. And actually, the better way to say it would be the Satan, the Satan. And each occasion in the Old Testament and in the New, uh, that's, that's how it is written down. Why? Because the name Satan, actually, the term Satan means accuser. So he is the accuser. The accuser has demanded, he has obtained permission to sift all of you. And as one commentary puts it, it's like this. Here Satan requests Peter be completely removed out of God's hands and put totally in his power. Imagine that. Where Satan has demanded that Simon be taken out of God's hands and be put into Satan's hands for him to do what he wants. I don't want to be in that place. I, I certainly don't want to be in that place. But why? Why is he de he's demanded to sift? And I want us to think about this word, to sift. Simon's faith would be agitated to the point of failure. Who wants their faith to be agitated to the point where you're almost giving up? Where you're almost saying, I've had enough of this. I'm packing this in. I've had enough of this Christian life because it's a challenge, isn't it? I don't know about you. When I was a kid, I used to keep pushing things until they broke. Have you ever done that? Where you keep pushing something until it breaks and you're like, oh, just broke it. Nowadays, it's called destructive testing. I could have made a fortune doing this as a kid. But they keep push, 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 pushing until it breaks. And that's what Satan wanted to do with Simon. He wanted to keep push, 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 push until his faith would fail. I put that soil in the sieve there, but it wasn't until I started shaking it that you could hear the soil begin to drop down into the bucket. And it's that motion, it's that thing that upsets us as we try to live this life of faith. The negative connotation, and there is a definite negative connotation to this, is that trials can knock the faith out of us. I say there's a negative connotation because I've seen this happen with people where trials and tests come and their faith fails and they turn their back in God and they walk the other way and they say, well, if that's what being a Christian's all about, I'm not interested. Can I tell you folks, that's not the way we should go. There's a positive connotation to this as well. That shaking allows the fine and useful content to pass through so that we can be useful in God's hands. It could be flour, if you're more familiar with flour, and, and seven flour for, for the bacon, in this case, fine soil. Satan has desired to sift, he's desired to agitate your faith to the point where it's ready, where you're ready to give up. And I, I think that's been happening in the church, not just this church, but the church, is where people's faith has been shaken over two years, and now we have a war going on in Europe, and people's faith is shaken when we see all this happening, and, and we're tempted to, to fear and, and to worry and to be concerned, and, and then we turn on our TVs this week, and we hear about another yet another mass shooting in America. And we, 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 we can almost feel, in some cases, for some people, that that will be like a shaking that tests their faith to the very core. And I, I believe that, that there is this testing that we're going through just now, and some people's faith has failed, and some people's faith has got stronger. I want to encourage us that our faith becomes stronger today. His desire to sift all of you like wheat. Not just Peter, it was all of the disciples. And it reminded me of that story of Job. I'm in the book of Job just now. And I want to say something that I think is really important. Job was not sifted because he was a bad person. Job was not sifted because he was a bad person. Let me read a little bit from Job as it opens up. There was once a man in the land of us whose name was Job. Listen to this. this. This man was blameless and upright, one who feared God and turned away from evil. Just because our faith has been tested, because we're being sifted, doesn't mean to say that we're a bad person. Listen to what it goes on to say 
in the book of Job. I'm going to read a few verses from that. One day the heavenly beings came to present themselves before the Lord, and the accuser, Satan, also came among them. That, that makes me stop and ask a question. How could Satan be in front of God? The accuser of us be standing in God's presence. It's interesting. The Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. Then the accuser answered the Lord, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not put a fence around him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. But stretch out your hand now and touch all that he has and he will curse you to your face. And that's what was happening with the disciples here. The Lord said to Satan, very well, all that he has is in your power, only do not stretch out your hand against him. In other words, don't harm the man. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. And it's a fascinating account if you read it. Job was a righteous man, a good man. But it says that he was sifted. He lost his family. He lost his livelihood. He even lost his health. And even his friends who came along, they sat beside him, sitting in the dirt for seven days and didn't say anything. And that was probably a good thing because when they began to speak, they began to accuse Job of doing things that must have been wrong, and he was under God's judgment. But Job was a righteous man. And I want us to grasp something here. Just because we're going through a sifting doesn't mean that we're a bad person. It's probably that it's just life, but it could be that it's the enemy wanting to test our faith and to destroy our faith. It could be that God's trying to strengthen our faith. Job's faith endured under testing. But we need to listen to something that Jesus said to, to Simon here. But I have prayed for you. I have prayed for you. And we think that must have been amazing for Jesus to, to pray for Simon, to pray for his faith. But Jesus prays for every one of us, all of us, when we're going through the sifting, when we're going through the testing, when things are happening in life. He has prayed for us. He is praying for us. And then Jesus got very personal with Simon. Jesus had prayed for him specifically because he knew what lay ahead of Simon. His denial of Jesus, not once, but three times. And if we grasp anything from what has been said here, it is the, the utter necessity of prayer. The utter necessity of prayer. And I want us to think about this. We need to engage in prayer. And we sometimes we can think about all the things that we can do for God and to, to serve other people and to help other people. But can I, can I just remind us that one of the most important things we can do is to pray for people, pray into situations. And just a little thought. Satan means the accuser. What kind of person are you? Are you an accuser? Or are you a prayer? Prayer. Are you somebody who accuses other people or are you somebody who prays for other people? That's a challenging thought, isn't it? Think about how things happen in church life when we go, oh man, you want to hear what that person said the other day? Or they've done this to me, or it could be any number of things. And I just wonder, if we think about the people who are our church family, are we praying for our church family, or are we bringing accusation against those in our church family? Are we an accuser, or are we a prayer? If you're an accuser, who do you sound like? The accuser. If you're a prayer, who do you sound like? Jesus prayed for Simon that his faith would not fail. If you're an accuser, you sound like the enemy. If you're a prayer, you sound like Jesus, 
I know who I want to sound like. But sometimes you're in the middle of saying something and you go, I shouldn't be saying that about that person. I shouldn't be saying that. Why did Jesus pray for Peter? He prayed for him that his own faith may not fail. And at the end of the sifting, we may find that there are many things that, that, that are no longer part of our lives, all that stony content there. But we can see from this crucial passage that Jesus wanted Simon's faith to be strong. That's what remained. That's what was there at the end of all this. Because the trials of life can knock the faith out of us. Does anybody know what I'm talking about here? Do you you know what I'm talking about by the trials of life that come to knock the faith out of you? I'm looking around at people today. Some are young. Some, the only trial they've had is that their breakfast wasn't ready in time. And some of you have got gray hairs like me, and you have known trials, and you've known testing, and you've known life throwing stuff at you, and you go, where the heck's this coming from? When am I ever getting out of this? I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. And Jesus knew that Simon's faith was going to be tested. And then it goes on to say, listen to this though. And you, once you have turned back, once you've turned back, once you've come to realize and you turn around, the Bible talks about that turning around as repentance. Once you realize you've made the mistake and you come back, Jesus knew that after the sifting, Simon would be fine. That was a joke. Simon would be fine, okay? Dear, dear, you guys are slow today. Ah, you Have coffee on a Sunday morning before you come to church. Right? Some of you look like you need a coffee right now, okay? Or tea. But that Simon would be turned around. And what is what the passage is saying here is that he would be a reformed character. He would be turned around. He would be a different person because Jesus had sought coming. He had a word of knowledge. He said to Simon, you're going to be sifted, all of you, but I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. And when you come back, I want you to strengthen your brothers. And Simon, known as Peter, was the one who stood up on the day of Pentecost, which we'll think about next week. He stood up on the day of Pentecost and he began to share, filled with the Holy Spirit, he began to share a reformed character under the power and guidance of the Holy Spirit, going back into the book of Joel, that prophet who talked about what was going to happen one day. And on that day, he stood up with the others. He wasn't there on his own. With the others, their faith had been tested. And yet here they were, filled with the Holy Spirit, standing up in front of all these people, saying, scratching their heads, saying, what's happening here? We, we hear these guys talking the wonders of God in our own languages, but they, they don't speak our language. How can that be? And on that day, 3,000 people, 3,000 people became Christians. Wow. There's something about the sifting process, that refining process that creates an environment where the things of God can grow in our lives. What did Peter say? Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. And Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the cock will not crow this day until you have denied three times that you know me. Do you remember the words that the angels, the angels said to the women who went to the tomb? Jesus had been crucified, and on the third day he had risen from the dead, and they went to bring spices so that they could embalm Jesus, and and they, they found that the tomb was empty, and there was an angel who said to the women, go tell the disciples and Peter. Go tell the disciples that he's risen, and by the way, make sure you tell Peter as well. Peter, singled out by Jesus, I have prayed for your faith that it will not fail. And once, when you've come back, when you've reformed, when you've returned, strengthen your brothers. And here he is, Peter, the leader standing up. How many times did he deny Jesus? Three times. Three times he denied Jesus. How many times did Jesus ask him, do you love me? Three times. 
do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? He's like, aha, yeah, you know I do. Stop asking. Peter, do you love me? And sometimes it's those who've experienced the greatest sifting in life that have that appreciation of the love of God for us. And it causes us to love him in a way maybe that others don't. Jesus talked about a lady who had been forgiven much, and because she had been forgiven much, she loved much. After the time of sifting, and it's after that time that we realize that we become stronger, and as a result, we're able to strengthen others. Peter was to strengthen his brothers. What was the purpose of sifting? Well, if it's the enemy, it's to destroy us. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, to steal from us, to steal our faith away, to kill our faith, to destroy our faith, to destroy us. If it's God, and he's got us in a sifting process, and and maybe there are other things involved in that. Maybe maybe the enemy has, has been given a little bit of free reign. Maybe he's sought permission to sift us, and God says, okay, you can go so far, but no further, just like in the story of Job. And God allows sifting to happen in our lives so that our faith might be stronger. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and life in all its fullness. The purpose of sifting depends who's doing the sifting and what it's all about. We need to seek for discernment in that. The process of sifting, often it's in the circumstances of life. And we just think it's we, Jimmy, who we work beside, giving us a hard time. But it's no we, Jimmy. There's something behind we, Jimmy, who's saying things and who's doing things, who's giving us a hard time, who's continually pestering us so that our faith fails. The processes of life sometimes, dealing with loss, dealing with grief, dealing with bereavement, and how we respond in those circumstances will determine the outcome. And I think about things like lockdowns. It's becoming a bit of a memory, isn't it? Or is it still real for you? Lockdown, I can't even remember it. (laughs) I'm kind of moving on from it. Financial uncertainty, that's where we are now. What's going to happen next? When's the fuel prices going to go up more? And you're like, oh my goodness, what is happening? Why is the cost of living going up so much? You turn on your TV and you see what's happening in the Ukraine or in America at the moment. And sometimes we just kind of feel like we're going through that sifting process still. Maybe you're being sifted at work, at school, at home. I want to encourage you to hang in there. What did Jesus say? Or sorry, what did James say? Jesus' brother, actually. James 1.3. You know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And Peter himself said this in 1 Peter 1.9. For you have received the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. It's all for a reason. The testing of your faith, the goal of your faith. It's all for a reason that we develop perseverance that one day we stand before God and we know that we're saved. Did you know when I was six years old, I made a decision to follow Jesus and I was saved? As I've walked through life, I know that I'm still being saved. And I know that there'll come a day, as we've sung about in our songs this morning, when I'll stand before Jesus and all the sorrow, all the tears, all the sadness, all the grief will be wiped away and will be a thing of the past. And I'll stand before God. You will stand before God and we will be saved. Finally, saved, being saved, completely saved. I'm looking forward to that day when I'm completely saved. I wonder what has the last two years of sifting produced in you? The agitation of your faith. What has it produced? What is it currently producing in you? The agitation of your faith. Are we starting to look inward and go, oh, woe is me? Are we starting to look outward and go, oh, woe is me? What kind of world are we living in? Or are we going, wow, look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Maybe some of you today feel like everything that's good has been shaken out of you. I know what that feels like at times, where you feel like everything that's good has been shaken out of you, and you think, what's left? Maybe maybe some people feel like your faith has been shaken, and maybe it's time, like Peter, to, to turn around, to return to the Lord. 
Maybe some of you feel that what's less important has been shaken out of you. Do you feel like that? The last two years, lockdowns, all the stuff that's been going on, you're like, that stuff's not important anymore. It's just not important anymore. And I think God is looking for a church today that is like the good soil where he can begin to grow things, not just for today, but for the future. There is a harvest that God wants to bring, I believe, in our nation. It's been prophesied, not just over this church, but nationally, that God wants to do something in our nation. I'm listening to people talking, and I believe God wants to bring a harvest in our nation. But he needs a church, maybe that has been sifted, maybe that is now soft and the seed can grow like the good soil and the story of the sower. God, that's what God's wanting to produce in us. So that the things of earth grow strangely dim, as that hymn says. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And all these other things, they don't matter. There's so many things in life that don't matter. Matthew 6.33 says this, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other things that we need will be added. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Righteousness is right living, holy living. Let's just pray as we draw our time to a close today. Father, there are many of us in here today, and Lord, I know in so many situations and so many circumstances that we are going through a sifting process just now. That there is a, a trial that we're walking through, a trial of our faith, a trial that could lead us to the point where we say, I'm ready to give up, Lord, if you don't do something. I'm ready to, to, to just throw this faith away. And I really believe that, that God's saying to some people today in here, you're ready to throw faith away. You think, who is Jesus? What's he done for me? Where is he? Where is he when stuff's going on in my life? I want to encourage you today, if you've been thinking that, to invite Jesus into the middle of the situation. And I'm just going to pray a prayer. I hadn't planned to do this, but I'm going to pray a prayer. And if this applies to you, if, if you're in that place where you've been ready to give up, where you don't understand what faith's about, where you're just wondering, where's all this going? When are things going to change? When are things going to ease up? And I, I would just invite you to pray this prayer. Just a little prayer, a simple prayer. Pray it into your heart. And just you identify with this prayer by saying, Amen, inside. And I just want to pray for people who are in that position where you feel like your faith has been tested so much. You feel as if you're almost at the end where you're ready to give up because of the, just the, the sift of the life that's been going on. Father, I just bring every heart and person before you who's in that place. Father, where they're almost ready to give up. They're almost ready to say, I've had enough. I can't take any more of this. Lord, where are you? Lord, what are you doing? What are you saying in all of this? I'm trying to listen to what you're saying. And, and Father, I just ask that you come into this situation, that you just demonstrate your presence in this situation, and that my faith would be restored, that I would turn around, that I would be reformed on the inside, that I would just uh, come back to you and seek you. And, and, and Holy Spirit, I invite you into this situation, to, 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 to me in this situation, and to begin to change me and to cause faith to grow within me in this situation. And Father, that I might just know uh, just that you're with me in the situation. And I ask these things in, in Jesus' name. And, and Father, we just ask for each one of us, regardless of what's going on in life. Father, maybe for some of us today, uh, life, is, life is okay. Um, but, but Father, I just pray that you would cause us to just continue to draw close to you, that we might be a church which is ready for the seed, ready for the Word, ready for you to do and plant new things within our hearts, within our church, within this church family, and Father, within churches across our nation. And Father, we pray that we'd be ready and, and, and just in that place where our hearts are, are ready for the seed to, to just land and to grow and to, to be fruitful. Lord, that's our prayer, is that we are fruitful today. 
And so, Father, we just pray for your blessing on every person in this congregation today, for all who are joined online today. Father, we pray your blessing. And Lord, we ask that you'd lead us on into this week. Father, may we know your presence, even in the midst of the sifting, even in the midst of the trials and the difficulties and the, the questions and the relationships and all the stuff that's going on. Father, we pray that we would know your presence. And Father, we pray that you would cause faith to rise within our hearts today. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. And if you've got any questions about the appeal, please get in touch with Leslie. If you don't know how to do that, we'll send out an email so that you do know how to go get in touch with Leslie. Okay? So the Lord bless you. Have a fantastic week. And uh, I hope that you don't get sifted too much. <laughs>